You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 25. Today's episode, I'm going to be sharing why you should up-level your pre-made theme and some tips on how to make your website feel more custom and less out of the box. Stay tuned. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience. But building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Welcome back, friends. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to cover a few housekeeping things before we dive in. If you are new to the podcast, I just want to welcome you and say that I am so glad that you are here and wanting to learn about building a strategic food blog. Even if you're not a food blogger, but you are listening, I'm so glad that you are here as well, and I hope that you'll take some valuable tips away from every episode. It always means so much to see you guys sharing the podcast episodes over on Instagram. My name is Madison Weatherill, and I am the web designer and branding strategist behind Grace and Vine Studios, a studio built for food bloggers just like you. If you are considering a rebrand or website redesign this year, I would love to chat with you about how we can work together. You can always find out more information about my services by visiting graceandvinestudios.com or sending me an email at hello at graceandvinestudios.com. I am just so excited to talk to you today about how you can take a pre-made theme and make it feel way better than just out of the box. In last week's episode, I talked about everything you should know about themes, including how to know if you need a new theme and how to pick one out. So if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back to episode 24 to learn all about themes. Let's dive in to learn more about how you can make your theme work harder for you. In last week's episode, I talked about the difference between WordPress, Genesis, your theme, and plugins, and what each of those do, so be sure to go back for that breakdown and listen to that episode. Before we can really dive into specific strategies for up-leveling your pre-made theme, you really need to know and have confidence that you have a good theme to begin with. And to be honest, making some of these changes and updates to your website may show you that it's time for a new theme in the first place. So how can you up-level your website while using a pre-made theme? The very first step is that you have to have a grasp on your brand. Now, your brand is so much more than just your logo pasted on top of your theme. Understanding that your brand is more than that is really key to this point. Your brand encompasses your audience, your brand messaging, your voice, and the visuals of your brand like your logo, fonts, and colors. Without having this foundation, it's going to be really difficult to make strategic decisions that will really level up your website. If you are unsure about this branding foundation, I would love to invite you to join my branding workshop that I am hosting on March 31st, 2020. This branding workshop will give you clarity on your brand messaging and what makes your blog unique so that you can confidently use that to connect with your audience and build the food blog you've always dreamed of. If you struggle with really sharing the heart behind your food blog, why you do what you do, and how to connect with your audience in your own voice, or you feel like you flip-flop when it comes to your brand identity, then this workshop is for you. 
As a podcast listener, you can grab $50 off the price of the workshop. There are only 15 total spots in this workshop so that I can really give support and insight to each person who attends specifically. The workshop is going to be held on March 31st, 2020 at 12 p.m. Eastern. And you'll also get a full workbook from me to help you really dig into the heart and story behind your brand. You can grab your seat by going to thevinepodcast.com slash branding workshop and using the promo code thevinepodcast for your $50 off. To give you some specific parts of your brand story that you should know before you work on up-leveling your website, I want you to answer these questions. Who is your audience? What are they struggling with or looking for? And how can you help them? Once you can confidently say that you know your brand this well and how all these pieces connect, you can really start incorporating your brand messaging into your website. Use your brand messaging throughout your blog posts and in widgets or sections of your homepage. Your brand messaging will really help you to understand how your website should be structured in order to connect with your audience. The second part of up-leveling your theme is customizing your colors, branding, and fonts. So let's start with colors first. Once you have a grasp on your brand, the visual elements do become important to customizing your website. Your colors should really resonate with your ideal audience, and they should also bring to life your brand messaging on your website. Choose one to two colors that you can incorporate onto your food blog to help highlight specific widget areas, use as your link color or your font colors, etc. The second part of this is your branding. So you want to make sure to add your logo to your website, and this one is pretty obvious. But you also want to make sure to change out your site icon. Most pre-made themes by default have a site icon set up through the theme, and it is super easy to switch this out, but it makes a huge difference if you're using a theme that is really commonly used. Especially in the food blogger space, you know that there are a handful of themes that are a little bit overused, so this can make a really subtle but big impact. Consider adding a submark or another recognizable graphic to your blog to continue adding custom elements to the site, and you can use this in your sidebar or maybe as part of your footer. The last part of this section about customizing is about fonts. A lot of themes will give you options for customizing your font choices when you are in the customizer menu. If you've never been to that part of your blog before, you get to it by going to your dashboard, then to appearance, and then customizer. And this is sort of a visual way to make changes to your site and see the changes you're making almost like they were live on the site. So dig around that menu and see what options you have available for your theme. If not, it's very easy to add your own fonts through the customizer under additional CSS or hire a developer to help with implementing this. And there are also some plugins that you can use to help you choose custom fonts. And I highly recommend using Google fonts when you are customizing the fonts for your site in order to make sure that you are keeping your site speed to a minimum. And you should choose one font for your headings and one font for the body text of your website. If you have a script font or something that is not available through Google Fonts but is a part of your logo, consider using that as part of extra graphics for your site, but I would not try to install or implement that into your website. So the next big section is utilizing the widget areas that are part of your theme. 
So one thing that makes various themes vastly different from each other is which widget spaces they have. Some themes have many of them and others will just have the basics. But if you're not utilizing at least some of the widget spaces that are in your theme, this is a really great way to help your blog be more unique and stand out. The theme demo site can give you an idea of where these widget spaces are and how they work, but be sure to think strategically and creatively about what type of widgets make the most sense for your blog. This is another thing that you can dig into the customizer section to see what widgets your theme has, or you can go to your dashboard and find the widgets panel. I want to make a word of caution. A lot of themes seem to have a meta widget displayed by default, and you always want to remove this. It has a direct link to how to log into your site, and that can provide a huge vulnerability for your site, especially if you are not using a very safe username and password. So you should always comb through the widget areas and see what is default for your theme, and then make any changes that don't make sense for your website. One other relatively small thing that you can change in order to customize your website a little bit is again changing out that site icon and also the footer text. So one disadvantage of being a web designer is that seemingly insignificant things about websites stand out to me like a sore thumb. One of those things is that generic site icon, or it used to be called a favicon, for certain well-known themes. This may seem insignificant, but it's an additional layer of your brand that can really help your audience begin to recognize your branding and your website. It's yet again something that you can change right in the customizer, which is something new in one of the most recent updates to WordPress in the last couple of years. The second area that you should customize is your footer text. And you guessed it, this is something that you can very easily do within the customizer. Specifically, this is something that you can do within the Genesis child themes, but I'm not sure to be honest if it's common in non-Genesis themes, but it's something you should just be able to check out right within your theme settings. Now, I have very strong opinions about whether the developer's credit should be on your site, but I'm going to spare you that for today. And I'm just going to say that I think if you leave a developer's credit within your site footer, that you should make sure it's text only and not a link. I know that there have been quite a few people who have run into SEO issues over the last couple of years or so due to the footer credit having a link and therefore that link displaying on every single one of their pages. So you also should make sure that your brand name is in there with the copyright for the current year. It's not necessary to put a range of years as long as you have the most up-to-date year. And Genesis, again, makes this really easy to do and it will automatically keep your year up-to-date in that copyright spot. So the last little bit of how you can up-level your pre-made theme after you have done all of these specific things there are a few things that anyone can do regardless of the theme that you're using, and that is customizing the content on the specific pages of your website. Now, I'm actually going to dive into each of these in a specific episode over the next few weeks, but I wanted to mention them now so that you'll have them in mind as you're working on customizing your pre-made theme. Depending on your theme, you may have widget areas for some of these pages, so you'll need to check out the theme documentation to figure that out. Now, with each of these pages that I am going to recommend customizing, you can do all of the different examples that I mentioned earlier in this episode. So you can make sure that each page has your custom colors and fonts and some branding. You can make sure that your brand messaging is present in some way on all of these pages. And you can make sure just to use the functionality of your specific theme and make sure that these pages have been designed strategically and are not just an afterthought or something that you just leave as what the default for your theme is. 
So some of the pages that you should consider customizing are your home page, your recipe index, your about page, the single blog post, so what an actual blog post looks like, including your sidebar, and your category page. In episode 27, I'm going to start with the home page and break down what should be on this page. And this is my favorite page to start with, but each of these pages is going to have really specific steps and tips to customize these pages. So for now, I hope you will consider making changes to your pre-made theme to really make sure that you are making the most of that theme and letting it work as hard as possible for you. There are so many things that each theme does out of the box that so many people just don't even look into and they just default to what the theme demo does. So really consider making some of these changes and making sure that even if you are using a pre-made theme, that it is very obvious that you have taken the extra step and time to think about how to implement your brand onto that theme, not just by putting your logo at the top of it. I'm so excited to break these next few episodes down, but until then, definitely dig around that customizer menu and let me know what you find about your theme. I would love to chat with you about it. All right, guys, talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.